0: what's up friends family welcome to the digital discipleship podcast I'm my guy Shree here with us today with the beautiful prayer tower behind us it's a gorgeous day outside Shree, thanks for coming in today thank you so much for inviting me and having me to speak absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: I'm super excited to have you man uh, excited to hear what the Lord's been sharing with you through the word um, I was saying on some episodes a little while ago that like my favorite thing is when we just open the scripture and get to talk about what the Lord's doing, just in an authentic way. So, um, whatever the Lord wants to do, we say yes and amen. But first, for the people that don't know Shri, give us a little context for who you are, where you're from,
1: and what's, what's it been like being at our so far? My name is Shri Khan Srinivasan. Uh, I'm originally from India. Uh, I did my undergrad as an engineer Mm. Uh, then moved here the Lord called me to come to ORU and I'm doing my Masters in Theology, Masters in Divinity, Yes, I think it's the best decision that I made in my life to be here. Mm. Um, I found people that are like my family and I just love being Mm. here. Absolutely, that's amazing. What is, uh,
0: you know, I want to brag on your chai here <laughs> in a very public place. Yes. I hope it goes viral because one day you want to open a shop where you can actually sell it, but he, he actually brought me some today as we've recorded, so <laughs> shout out to Shree. Tell us, just because I think it's so cool, tell us like your vision for what you want that to be like, like your heart, what do you want it to be? I, just because it's so unique. I haven't heard yeah. anyone ever say
1: something like that before. I love Chai, uh, especially I think back when I was home, Uh, almost six to seven cups a day. Come on. And the Lord inspired a woman to move into our house as a tenant, and she started making amazing chai. And just for the sake of chai, I used to just go and visit her. Mm. And she used to talk about Jesus and present the gospel. Mm. Um, I think that was one way that she found to introduce me to Jesus. Mm. And now I'm here, sitting, and just, my life revolves around him. It's because someone just kept offering me chai. Come on. Um, I think that's the vision that I have to lead people to Christ mm-hmm. uh, through this. means. Yeah. Um, just open up a place where it could be a platform for discipleship. Absolutely. Uh, chai in Hebrew means life. Mm. Uh, Kant in Sanskrit means light. Mm. So that's the vision like chai Kant. Yeah. Life and light Come is on. found in the person of Jesus Christ. Anyone who walks into that place should go out yeah. being loved. Yeah. yeah. Having that's, some delicious <clears throat> chai on the way down. Yes. <laughs>
0: Let's go. An authentic. I love that because obviously you're in our missions department and we talk a lot about missions. But I think one of those missional things you can do yeah. is find what is the bridge that God has given you. And it can be as simple as I love chai. Mm-hmm. I love to give people great cups of chai because that's what God did in my life. I'm going to do it for other people. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people make it very spiritual or just very overhyped. And I'm like, it can be as simple as, you know, one of the best ways I connect with people that aren't following Jesus is through basketball. I can talk basketball, I can play basketball, and so it's a sport. There's nothing super spiritual about it, Mm -hmm. but that is my bridge that I use to connect with people, whether they believe in Jesus or they don't, same with chai, same (laughs) with (laughs) making coffee, same with anything that, like, the Lord has given you really practically, so... I just really love that, so I wanted you to be able to share it because I I think that's one of the coolest stories and like how you you grew up drinking chai, being given chai, and that was like a bridge to get to know Jesus. Like, I just think that's so cool. (laughs) So tell us today, like, what passage of scripture should we go to? I'm going to open up to it, and if you're watching or listening, you should also open up to it because I want to make sure we eat this book. Let's go.
1: I've been reading through one of my favorite scriptures, Exodus 3. Ooh, yes. Bring uh, us to the Old Testament. <laughs> uh, but just before we could actually jump into Exodus 3, just the previous text mm. on Exodus 2 from 23. I'm going to read for you guys. Come on. Um, Exodus two twenty-three. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Mm. God saw the people of Israel and God Mm. knew that he made a covenant.
0: Mm.
1: Now going to this uh, Exodus 3 part. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, Mm. the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Mm. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, then the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their past masters. I know their suffering, and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up to the land of a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of Canaanites. I'm gonna stop there. Awesome, awesome.
0: Why has why the Lord been speaking to you out of that? Like, what kind of has drawn you to that passage?
1: This is such a profound scripture for me. Um, two times in the Bible, God was silent. Mm. For 400 years, the Lord was silent. And the first few words that he calls was the name of Moses.
0: Mm.
1: He just calls, Moses, Moses. Mm. I think God's method is always a man. Mm. This was a main, like the previous text was like, during those many days, the king of Egypt died, and they were groaning, and the Lord heard their cry. Yeah. And his response was a man. Mm. I mean, that's something profound, like God's method is always a man. Yeah. And he called Moses twice. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, just meditating through that. Like, Mm. why did you call Moses twice? When you read through the scriptures, I think, Every great call that God called ordinary men, he called them twice. Mm. Um, it was Samuel in the temple, mm. he calls Samuel, Samuel. And even Saul, he was persecuting Christians. He called him Saul, mm. Saul. Are you persecuting him. And Moses was doing an ordinary job, just yeah. like me making chai. Yeah. And suddenly an encounter happens. Wow. And I think one encounter changes everything yeah I mean it's not I think it definitely is yeah, absolutely. absolutely one encounter absolutely. absolutely so something that the Lord has been truly speaking to me but the craziest part was I was thinking like I think many times we have read this mm. passage where God identifies himself as a God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob yeah and I've just brushed through many times just reading the scriptures and I think today I was just pausing and thinking mm like why did you identify yourself as God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? Like if you had a name that you would be recognized for next thousand years mm-hmm. what would you choose? Mm-hmm. And this was the name that God chose. Yeah. That go and tell them that I'm a God of Abraham, God of Isaac and God of Jacob. Wow. And I went through Hebrews 11 and I was just saying, like God is it because they were heroes of faith?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is this why? And then I was thinking like the lord is not trying to tell that he's a god of these heroes yeah the Lord is trying to tell that in the midst of their failures i'm still in a to call them that baby, wow that god. wow that's awesome and that's something like it hit me today so yeah. i said lord if i'm going to share about this yeah i can purely yeah that you are in a to identify yourself yeah say i'm the god of truth absolutely i'm the god of honesty yeah so that was so profound for me. Like I was looking through Abraham's mistakes, yeah. and Abraham's failure, uh, Isaac's failure, and Jacob's failure. Yeah. Um, God calls Abraham. Uh, he did a mistake where he promised the Lord promised him, saying, "I'm gonna make you a father of nations." Yeah. But he was so hurried that he ended up doing what he's not supposed to do. Yeah. And then. God calls Abraham and tells him to leave the house his father's house but the Lord gave a specific instruction saying do not take anyone yeah but he takes Lot with him mm. and Lot and Abraham with his wife they go um, and now because of the uh, because of the bitterness mm. they split away and now Lot goes to another place mm. um, and now Lot is with his daughters, mm-hmm. and the Lot's daughter scheme against him, yeah. getting drunk, and he sleeps with them. And out of that shameful incident, I think Moab was burnt. Mm-hmm. And out of that incident, Ruth was burned. Mm-hmm. And out of that lineage, David yeah. was there. Yeah. And out of that lineage, Jesus, the Messiah was born. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, how could that even be possible mm. where Abraham's disobedience to not to by taking Lot and then now Lot sleeping with his daughters and then right. Moab and Ruth and David and Jesus yes and the Lord was like the darkest day in the history grace was shining in that cave wow like, wow So that was like that's that's crazy <laughs> and I, I think
0: you're right we brush over things because they become very familiar to yeah. us, but these were real people with real failures, yeah. with real bad decisions. Yeah. That then the Lord says, "Yeah, I'm with them. Yeah. Like they're with me. We're, yeah. we're we're one. We're one family." And yeah. he's really—it's getting a precursor to the church that we see in the New Testament, where he says he's identifying with Paul. And then you know when when Saul becomes Paul, all the apostles are like, "I don't know." Like they're very hesitant about it, yeah. and. I feel like it's very applicable for our day to day is like someone gets saved that's really famous that was for not loving Jesus Mm -hmm. and our first response is well let's see let's see if it's actually true give him a few years let's see if they and the cynical nature of it when God is not cynical he says oh yeah Abraham who messed up all those times I'm his God yeah you know and even I think one way as you said that's really one of the first times I thought about that But then to connect it to Moses, who just wasn't the chapter, but like killed Mm -hmm. someone, right? And he murders someone and he says like, I'm identifying with these man's mistakes because I know you've made mistakes. I want to identify with you. I'm calling you by name. Yeah. Just like I called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Mistakes are interesting because to us... Yeah. They're isolating, yeah. but the Lord says, Great, that's my connection put with you. Yeah. In your mistake, I'm gonna like yeah. draw yeah. you close.
1: Yeah.
0: It's amazing. What it kind of brings up this whole idea of shame that like mm-hmm. you mentioned, like, you know, I feel like it's very shameful, especially for like this next generation, that their shame mm-hmm. is one of the biggest things that keeps them from God. Mm-hmm. They may hear their name
1: mm-hmm. and they
0: may hear Augustine, Augustine yeah. but they hear it and they want to respond to it, but in the other ear they're hearing, mm-hmm. you're not good enough, mm-hmm. you failed, you messed up. Like, would you speak to shame a little bit maybe? Like, what would you say to a person that is struggling with shame? And they may know that God has a calling on their, on mm-hmm. their life and they may be here on a, at Ori's Campus and they're like, I hear chapels and I hear all this stuff yeah. and I hear worship, but I also hear the lie of the accuser. Like, yeah. how, how do you help someone wrestle through that?
1: I think we are saved by grace and through faith only, and mm. I think the only way for us to overcome shame is to just look on the cross. Uh, and he took our shame. Yeah. But grace shines brightest when sin is darkest. Yes. Yes. And it's the grace of God, mm. right? It's the grace and the mercy of God. Right. Mm. I think the definition of grace sometimes might just go too extreme, but. It's the forgiveness of your sin; like yes. you're fully forgiven, but yes. just, it doesn't leave there. Mm-hmm. Um, it transforms you to mm-hmm. be like Christ. Yes, and also it's still not complete. Mm-hmm. It is the forgiveness of your sin. It's the transformation of your being and the empowerment to missions. So, yeah. I think just to come out of shame is to just to have pure revelation of grace. Yeah, and I think. All of these people could just mm. say that I messed up and could stay there, but yeah. they heard the Lord, they obeyed and then the Lord empowered them mm-hmm. to do what he was what he has called them to do and then Absolutely. he said, I remember I yeah. you. Mm. I think he initiates most of the time then. Yeah.
0: He,
1: yeah. And we just respond 100%. to his voice.
0: I heard a message very recently <laughs> from Matt Chandler. Hello. And I love Matt Chandler. Yeah. He's so challenging, and convicting mm-hmm. to me. And he said, um, he said, I think some of you need to hear that God isn't ashamed of His team. Yeah. And wow. that makes me think of what you said. And he said it, and he said something similar to this in scripture. He's like, look at all the people that He chose. Mm-hmm. He's not ashamed to be linked to them. Yeah. But it also applies today. Yeah. So we often look in the past of like, oh, look what He did for them. But to today, we're saying, God, like why'd you choose me? He's like, I chose murderers and (laughs) prostitutes. Like, I want to choose you. Like, and that he's not ashamed. He's not taking scraps. He's choosing us because he has that purpose in mind for us. But also the fact that he's like, no, I believe in you. And I feel like that's not said enough in our church world sometimes is that like, God's choosing you because he believes in you. He (laughs) believes you can do it. Like he believes that through the power of his Holy Spirit, you can overcome. You can fulfill the purposes in your generation. And that was like, bro, I'd never thought about that. And like any ounce of shame you have when you say, if if Jesus was standing next to you physically, he said, I believe in you. Yeah. What, like, oh (laughs) my gosh, okay, cool, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Um,
1: that's mind blowing. Yeah. He chose the weak things of the world Mm. to confound the wise. Mm -hmm. I mean, just Moses himself, he was 80 plus. Yep. He was weak, his skin was shrinking, his yep. knees were knocking, mm-hmm. and then now Lord looks at him and says, now we are ready. Right. Like, it's, it's your weakness yep. that, that draws. Yes. I mean, it's your weakness that is the raw material that God uses. And Absolutely. I think people can relate more to your weakness than yes. your strength. So Absolutely. That's, that's the key. Like you know, Only you can lose the... Absolutely. Right? You have been... And people... Like,
0: Craig Groeschel says all the time, our strengths are what attract people to us, mm-hmm. but what connects us is our weaknesses. Yeah. And in the same way as Jesus is connected to us in our weakness, that in when I realize my sin, when I realize my depravity, mm-hmm. that's the invitation to bring Jesus in because I realize I need a savior. But in the same way, my weakness connects me to your weakness yeah. of like, hey, we both need a savior and we both need each other to accomplish the purposes of God, and that our weaknesses actually make us more like Christ than our strengths do. Our strengths often (laughs) lure us away from Christ. It's pride or selfishness, ego, but in our weaknesses, we say like, oh, we actually, like, he actually needed Aaron because he couldn't speak well. And he told God, like, I can't speak well, so I guess I'm just, he said, actually, no, bring Aaron, he'll help you out. And he brought community right into his leadership, which I thought was, a powerful revelation and I'd love to ask you this because I thought of this as I was reading Mm -hmm. kind of a a side tangent a little bit but um, I've always been struck by God calling this holy ground yeah take off your sandals for your own holy ground and one thing I think your generation either really gets or doesn't get at all there's a Mm -hmm. big gap in between is this idea of reverence for the holiness of God like taking your shoes off more figuratively, but in this idea of like, a lot of people see Jesus as like, buddy, pal, savior, friend. There's elements of that that are true and biblical. But I guess, how would you speak to your generation about having reverence and awe for God, where, you know, he says, take off your shoes, he, he, did, he, he hides his face because he's terrified yeah. of seeing the glory of God. Like, yeah. And that's multiple times throughout Moses' life, he's like covering up, he's hiding, this is the guy that God is talking to audibly. <laughs> that's crazy, he's still like, nope, still don't wanna see him. Wow. So, I guess how would you talk to your
1: generation about having awe and reverence for God? I think to the degree you hate Sin. I mean, to the degree you fear God is to the degree you hate sin. Mm. And I had to ask this question myself, Shrikan, do you love God more than you love sin? Mm. It's sometimes so easy for us to, you know, just be, yeah, just so be involved in what we're doing, we just find satisfaction in that. Yeah. But purely, how much we fear God will determine we truly hate sin. Absolutely. I think a first law, restoration to the first law, is the only uh, way to just keep, keep the blood warm, keep yeah. stay, stay, like, you know, stay. I think there are two fears in my life that I'm always afraid uh, more than dogs. I, I, <laughs> I am kind of... But then, um, I never want to normalize Christianity, like, you mm. know reading scriptures. I'm like today morning I was just so moved with tears. I'm like, God, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't need anything else. This is enough. Yeah. This word is enough. Yeah. And um, you know, I just never want to normalize Christianity. Like, you know, going to church, Mm even sharing being part of uh, the Christian university. I never want to normalize. Yeah. I think one way to not is to surround yourself with community that always is happy to you. Like, yes. Calls you for the higher standard. Yes. Uh, stay in awe and being accountable. Like you know, I do have my friends, the inner circle, and mm. like saying, "Hey, this is what is happening, and I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to do this again. But I confess, receive his forgiveness, empowered by his grace, living in transformation, and being on missions. Oh. Um, <clears throat> He's so beautiful. I don't know. I don't. I think it's impossible when you truly have seen him mm. and not captured by it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's impossible. Yeah. He is so beautiful. Mm. Like, yeah. I mean, I get so excited when I'm just seeing this weather from winter to just being so beautiful. Yeah. And I'm captured and captivated by it. Mm. And it's impossible for me to not be captivated when I'm truly yeah. seeing who he is. Yeah. And uh, take an example, you're. And also, like you know, it's, it's the encounter that you have all the time mm-hmm. that just shapes your life. Um, you just this is just a figurative you know, uh, example. You're going in that uh, you're just driving, and there's a big truck, and you're hit by the truck, and you're just going and telling people that nothing happened. I just. Fine, right? It's a right? You look different, yeah. Bit, but, uh, <laughs> absolutely, something has to change, absolutely. And I think um, every time you have that encounter, you look different, and mm-hmm. people around you will mm-hmm. tell, can tell that yeah. something touched you, yeah. Um, and I think it's impossible, like for me, to just not stay in awe because he's too just absolutely.
0: He's too. Absolutely. Like, he's too good. I think about it, we're Psalm 34, right. Yeah. David says, taste and see. It's (laughs) like once you've tasted and seen, you can't untaste and you can't unsee. Once you've seen it, it's like, for better or for worse, you've seen Jesus. Once you've tasted of his goodness, like you can still choose to reject it obviously, but it's a lot harder because you're like, I I got a taste of his goodness. Like when you're around awesome, godly community and you you have life and friendship and you share meals together, you pray together, you experience that authentic community? It's hard to be like, I don't want that. Yeah. Because the more you're around it, the more you're like, this is so good yeah. for me. I'm so fulfilled, I'm so full of joy and life. And then you're like, how could I ever walk away from that? And so I think it's just, to your point, the more you behold him, yeah. you can't help but say he's good. You can't help but say he's majestic, he's all powerful. Like, even when you, I, I tell people like, they're like, well, I struggle with, I need to understand. I was like, put understanding down,
1: yeah.
0: just gaze. Yeah. It's not that understanding doesn't matter, but seeing him matters more than understanding life. Because if, if he showed you everything in the world, that just means a thousand more questions come after that. He tells you who you're going to marry, you have a thousand questions on, well, when am I going to meet her? When is it going to be? How long do I have to wait? Like, does she have this quality? What are we going to do together? So really, you figuring out all the answers actually isn't the best thing for you. The best thing for you is to behold. And when you behold, God takes care of everything and we see that like Moses was like okay I'm beholding him there's the burning bush he gets some instruction but God doesn't tell him here's all the plagues I'm gonna do here's what we're gonna do when we get to the Red Sea Uh, (laughs) here's what we're gonna do when we get to the desert it's gonna suck for a lot of people but here's here's the ultimate plan he doesn't tell any of them all that he just says I hear the cry I want to use you yeah end story (laughs) what else in this passage, if anything, kind of...
1: I've been thinking about the stages of communities, like, you know, mm. um, out of a man, <clears throat> God wanted to rescue, uh, you know, Israelites from yeah. Egypt. I mean, every time he sees their cry, uh, he sees a problem. Yeah. Uh, he sees anything that's injustice. Yeah. Uh, he uses a man, and out of a man comes movement. Uh, we see a movement here. Yes. Like people just coming out of slavery mm-hmm. and going. And we see, like, in the earlier days um, in the church history with Martin Luther, they, he saw the injustice and he stood and and yes. the Lord used uh, Every time out of a man comes a movement. Yes. But as movement keeps progressing, we become machines. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, now, like, I know how this community operates. Yeah. Like two fast songs, one slow song. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty minute sermon. Right. Um, I have everything figured. It's we become so mechanized. Yeah. Like you know. Uh, and as the machine keeps progressing, we become a monument. Mm. You know, like we look good externally, but there is no power inside. Mm. The monuments cannot move. Yeah. So I think just being reflecting on the stage is like God used man, and out of man came to movement. Yeah. Uh, but as we keep progressing, I love I love structures. I follow structures, but sometimes become so mechanized. Absolutely, and we don't realize, but we just know a monument. Yep, that we've lost power. We just look good outside. Yeah, uh, I think that's my challenge to just see where we are. Mm. Uh, I know that God has chosen you and me, uh, and we are in a movement. We are on an assignment. Sometimes we can get too mechanized, yeah. and sometimes we we don't even recognize, we just a monument. Yeah. I think just staying in that awe, mm-hmm. just staying in the scriptures,